0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome back to Shoot the Shot, an NBA and variety show. It is November 19th, 2021. Jonathan Osborne here. My usual co-host, Luke Silvia, was not able to make it tonight. We've got producer Kevin, Kevin Tucker on Shoot the Shot. What's going on, man? How are you?
2: Jonathan, doing great. Enjoying a, a nice Thursday. Hard to believe that Thanksgiving, for us, as we record this on Thursday, is a week from today. It's kind of crazy that uh, November's just flown by and really the whole year is flown by, but I'm excited to throw down some food here in a few days. Let's go.
1: So, guys, this is not going to be the usual type of show. Um, we had a show planned for tonight, and you know some personal family stuff happened with Luke. He wasn't able to make it, so we're just scrapping that. Um, Kevin and I are, are going to be just kind of hanging out here, talking about random stuff. We're literally going to
2: shoot the shot tonight. That know? is
1: exactly what we're going to do. So, Kevin, we didn't really go over this uh, before the show. What, like, obviously... You're going for turkey
2: right on Thanksgiving. Apart from that, whoa, what is your whoa, whoa, whoa time for? out, time out. That okay. was a strong assumption because mm. you're already off to a bad start. So here's my thing with turkey. I know where you're going with the rest of the question, so I'll start with turkey and I'll go the rest of the way. Okay, here's my thing with turkey. I don't love basic turkey. I will. I will eat a piece because it is part of American folklore, but I don't sit there and crave it. The folklore. only, the, the only, the only of turkey that i will like absolutely chow down on is when when people like use the whole fryer like the deep fried or whatever okay um that because then it's actually juicy usually i think turkey's too dry for me so okay i'm gonna answer your turkey question i'm gonna let well, you let, me, let you let me respond to you that right, let me stop okay, you right okay all right there. go ahead go ahead
1: have you ever had a brined turkey
2: i don't believe that i have but i'd love to hear about it
1: so that is basically so my wife tried it for the first time last year so anyone that knows me knows that like My wife is, I think she's the greatest cook on this earth. Like anything she makes, I will just destroy. But last year, she, you know, she's made, you know, the turkey the last couple of years, always good. But this year, she decided to brine the turkey. And basically, what you do is you, um, a whole bunch of, you know, different seasonings and stuff like that. You heavily salt the water. Like if you've ever heard of like briny, like brackish water, it's like heavily salted. So you take like a five gallon bucket, you, Uh, fill it with water and you salt the crap out of it. You season the crap out of it and you dump a bunch of ice into the water and then you submerge the Turkey in it. Um, I think for pretty close to like 12 hours or something like that. And the Turkey just soaks up all the seasonings, all the juices. And when I tell Mm. you the Turkey that we had last year was the juiciest, most moist Turkey I've ever had in my entire life. I told her I cannot have it any other way for the rest (laughs) of my life. Now the one thing I do want to try is the deep fried turkey. I've never had that. I do and the other thing when it comes to turkey, I'm a big skin guy. Yes. So same. turkey skin, um like chicken, chicken skin, like yep. I am all over that. Like I will two Thanksgiving's ago, we had about 25 people at our house and I hoarded all of the skin. I had it like set off to the side. Now we had so much food. We told people, "Please do not leave without a plate. We do not have enough room in the fridge for all these leftovers." somebody swiped not some all of my turkey skin (laughs) so i can just imagine how delicious and crispy
2: and Mm. just wonderful deep fried turkey skin must be it's very very good and yeah if you if you're looking for a juicy turkey it's the way to go now it's also the most dangerous way to cook a turkey like if you watch might be the most dangerous way to cook anything that's true but like if you watch it every year there's some sort of disaster horror Someone story just and so burn
1: their house down yes or tragically. burn their face off or whatever yeah, yeah. absolutely so you know and that's be smart. because if you're people do don't that. thaw the turkey
2: all the way right yes, there's a lot of reasons but that's one of them yeah yeah or it, they it can fill a, it with too much oil yep yep that's a it's a whole but yeah if you watch your local news station or even like to the today show or something every year leading up to it they have a whole safety segment about deep frying your turkey but it's worth it if you do it right have um, you done it yourself uh no, I've helped someone do it before, but I've never taken it on myself and said, I'm going to deep fry turkey this year. But it, yeah, maybe someday, maybe someday I will. Um, shall I go through the rest of the menu in my mind? Please the important. That's, Okay, that's
1: exactly where I was going.
2: I knew it, I knew it. So uh, the number one thing for me, and this is basic, you can call it vanilla, you can call it whatever you want. I love mashed potatoes. Love mashed potatoes of all kinds. That is the first thing I'm slapping a heaving helping of mashed potatoes on my plate you love do the mashed gravy potatoes. volcano absolutely totally down for that <laughs> I'm whether it's brown gravy white gravy yellow gravy bring it on Love it all.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yellow gravy.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's like what a. What is yellow gravy? It's 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 a more of a play on words. I don't think there's a type of yellow gravy, but some people their brown gravy looks kind of yellow. It's not like anyway.
1: Right? Yeah. It's it's more broth than, than exactly. gravy. Exactly. Now white gravy. Are we talking like a like a like a breast like a breakfast like a turkey gravy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like turkey gravy. Mm. Yeah, I've, had I've that never had that on before. I've never had that. I've only had that really on like good. biscuits and gravy. Yep, that's Usually good. I'm a I'm a brown gravy kind of guy. Brown gotcha. turkey gravy kind of guy. Gotcha.
2: Yep. So mashed potatoes is number one for sure. Uh, I love stuffing. Mm. I love all all the corn. Any kind of corn, bring it on. Sweet corn, salty corn, doesn't matter. Bring it on. Um, kettle corn. Yeah, kettle corn. Oh, what I was gonna say when we talked about no, not kettle corn. Uh, I was <laughs> gonna say when we talked about meat, not ever I'm,
1: or not with Thanksgiving.
2: I don't like popcorn or kettle corn. Okay. Yep get it out but definitely not on thanksgiving. So you hate um,
1: turkey? You hate popcorn? <laughs> that's
2: right. That's right. Here's let me back up to the meats where I was originally going to say ham, big ham, ham guy. Love ham, Christmas, Thanksgiving, random Tuesday in July, love ham, big ham guy. So, that's my my go-to salty stuff. I want to hear yours before we get to desserts cuz that's a whole separate category.
1: How is your stuffing prepared? My family Here. cooks it inside of the turkey
2: oh yeah i've had that before that is not
1: that's the way to go
2: it's very good yeah it's not i mean typically it's just you know in the casserole dish or whatever and sometimes it's homemade sometimes it's you know the what is it stovetop or whatever the brand yeah we
1: just get stovetop and we just shove it inside of the turkey and then you Mm. transfer it to the the casserole Mm. you know tray or casserole dish
2: yeah so yeah i'm any stuffing down for that um but yeah let's hear your uh, your lineup your thanksgiving lineup
1: So I'm excited to try this, the deep fried turkey, but I think that kind of rules out putting the stuffing inside of the turkey.
2: Yeah, that, that, I feel like that would be a little uh, problematic.
1: Yes, it's it's probably a little bit over the top. So for me, yeah, definitely turkey, brined turkey. I have not had the um, pleasure of, you know, uh, trying the deep fried turkey, but I'm sure it'll be right up there, you know, for me with, with the brined turkey. But yeah, you got it. It's the stuffing cooked inside the turkey. Absolutely. So my wife makes what she calls uh, or what her family calls cornbread casserole. So it's um it's cream corn, um I think it's cornbread mix and it's cream cheese that Oof. they or or it, it's sour cream, excuse me, not cream cheese, sour okay. cream that they mix together and then they bake it in the oven. And it's just like like cornbread, but you've got like the nice soft and moistness of the cream corn. Just, I, I, it has to be at every family function, not just Thanksgiving, but like you said, you know, Tuesday in July cookouts during the summer, I've got to have that. Um, But then I'll also go, go like traditional, like corn, like, you know, just sweet corn out of the can. Like I'm all about that. You got to have the mashed potatoes. You got to have the gravy. Um, My mom makes two killer, like different types of salads. Like she makes a macaroni salad and also makes a pasta salad. Either one of those is definitely on the plate. And then this kind of is a good transition from this to dessert, but the candied jams, like the sweet potatoes, the brown sugar, the marshmallows yep. on top burnt just a little bit. I love that little bit of char with my marshmallow. And, and yeah, I mean, I could go on and on. My wife's Puerto Rican. So if we're having Thanksgiving dinner with her dad, he'll make a big old pot of, of um, eros and condules, you know, mm. the, the rice and the beans. So I'll throw some of that on there. If he's making the, the platanos, I'm all over that. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I don't really discriminate when it comes to Thanksgiving. Like, if it's there, the, the only thing I don't mess with, and this is going to be a hot take, I don't mess with the green bean casserole, Kevin. I don't like green beans.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not a huge green bean guy either. Uh, I have been known to just grab the you know the crunch the crunchy little onion straws off the top and just eat those. Cause those are good. Yeah, I'm not a huge, uh, huge green bean ca- or green bean guy. I don't mind the casserole as much. It's just you know there's all the other flavors. I guess it's like cream of mushroom soup plus the onion straws. But yeah, it's okay for me for dessert though. <sighs> let's talk about hot takes. I do not do pumpkin pie. Hell I think no. it is. Disgusting. Pumpkin Let's go, pie Jonathan. Is trash. Let's go. It's baby food with a pie crust. That's Let's go. Gross. Absolutely do disgusting.
1: Do, do you do cranberry sauce?
2: Uh not with turkey. No, I don't know. No. Like I I'll do cranberry sauce with something else, like a cornbread or something else, but like I don't like this the fruit with the meat. Like it's not my thing. Okay.
1: So I have never been a fan, like I, my whole life, I've seen it come out of the can. It still has the grooves yeah. from the can in it, and that's always yeah. been like really <laughs> off putting to me. Yeah. But um the last couple of years I've I have dabbled a little bit into that a little bit with the the sweet and like kind of savoriness of yeah. the the stuffing, you know, cooked inside the turkey because a lot of times we'll do like a cornbread stuffing so it's got a little bit of that sweetness to it with the turkey, a little bit of the cranberry sauce, just nice old Ocean Spray right out of the can. <laughs> but I don't know um if you are familiar with the holiday turkey cranberry sub at Publix. That yes. comes out each year. Yes, they I use am. the orange cranberry relish, mm. and that with the turkey. I'm all over that in in terms of cranberry sauces. And then what Carmen? Uh, she started this last year, and we've decided this is a tradition for the rest of our lives. We'll do it with the kids and everything. The day after Thanksgiving, takes all the leftovers and makes basically like a Thanksgiving jamboree grilled cheese. So it takes everything. I think last year she did it with Gouda with that cranberry Ooh, relish. Yeah. And we put in the panini press last year. Okay. And I'm that following you. that was absolutely ridiculous. I'm
2: following you on that. Yeah. That sounds awesome. So
1: back to your desserts.
2: Yeah. Absolutely avoid pumpkin pie at all costs. Outside yeah, of that though, just about any other pie I'm downing. Like pecan pie, it's okay. It's not my favorite. But get beyond that. An apple pie. I mean, come on. That's that's amazing. Um, uh, my granny in North Carolina always made pound cake. It was awesome. Um, stuff like that. So just as long as it's not pumpkin pie, I'm probably downing it.
1: I've never had pecan pie. I, I, am kind of lost to the idea. How can you make a pie from nuts? Like what else goes into that?
2: Yeah, um, uh, a lot of fat is what goes into it, literally. It's just a bunch of other just stuff that makes the pecans all stick together. But So Jenna, my wife, actually is a baker. Like We used to have a bakery and all that kind of stuff. Her favorite thing to eat and make is it has a lot of different names. Some places call it one thing. Where we lived in Tennessee, they call it an I-40 pie, and it's a pie that's pecans and coconut, and I can't remember the third thing, but like, it's that actually I, phenomenal. Yeah, it's I, I don't like coconut and I don't really like pecans, but that combo it's it's pretty killer and it's very popular at least in parts of the South. But yeah, so if it's a pie and doesn't have pumpkin in it, it's going in my belly.
1: Me, I'm either going like apple pie or some kind of like peach cobbler. Ooh, you know, I, yes. I like peach. Uh, anything with like a nice vanilla ice cream and not just like your you know, run of the mill, like super bland. It's got to be like the vanilla bean, like Breyers ice cream with like the black little speckles in it. You know what I'm saying? And that's where I'll go for dessert. Um, Apart from that, like a nice like chocolate cream pie. Like it's really just like chocolate pudding in a graham cracker crust with some whipped cream on it. But I'm all over that. Um, Yeah, man, my mouth is literally salivating sitting here talking about this. Well, probably I'm going to have the same conversation with Luke next week, you know, when we, you know, do shoot the shot or the six man show or whatever. But yeah, man, just, uh, just about a week. Well, literally a week out from Thanksgiving. So hope you guys are all going to enjoy your holiday, you know, safe travels wherever you're headed. I'm not going to tell you don't eat too much. We all know. Do you, do you eat at all the day of Thanksgiving before dinner?
2: Well, you also just assume that I eat Thanksgiving dinner, so like these assumptions are okay, you like know, you some don't people eat, do you lunch. don't wake up and have
1: breakfast. It's yeah. still Thanksgiving dinner. like we we probably have Thanksgiving dinner at like three, four o'clock. Okay, yeah, I got. Gotcha. So like that's what most people do. yeah, but you, you know what I mean, Kevin Let's Well, not well no, but I mean that's here. not
2: what we like that's even later than what some people do. like this year, we're going to my wife's family, and they always eat right at noon. So, okay. which is way earlier than I'm used to as well, but that's right. what they've done forever, literally. But anyway, uh, yes, I still eat breakfast. I love breakfast. I'm a breakfast guy. So they're starting I'll, the turkey at
1: like 3 a.m. Yeah, I, that's a little insane. crazy.
2: But, I mean, I don't eat a big breakfast, that's for sure. Right. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, but it sounds like you uh, You abstain from all foods to save up uh, the room. Is now, that right? It's
1: that's not entirely true. Okay. Now, for years, that was my practice. Uh, I would stop eating at like 5 o'clock the day before, and I would just go to bed hungry. I would wake up ravenous. I might have a little a little snack, a little hors d'oeuvre. As I'm waiting for the turkey to come out, you start to, you know, the, the scents are wafting throughout the house. But now I have started, I wake up, we do this uh, like the last three Thanksgivings. There's this little uh, breakfast restaurant um, really close to our house that opens at 7 a.m. on Thanksgiving morning. They're open from like seven to 10. So we'll go right as they open some, mm. some years I've even like ran there in the morning. So I'm like burning calories, like getting ready for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I'll have, I'll just have my little plate of um, biscuits and Turkey gravy or, or sausage gravy. Um, you know, usually with some Turkey sausage and uh, yeah, I feel like that just like, it, it kind of, it gets the day going well for you, but it just gets the metabolism going into overdrive and you're like, I've performed that much better at Thanksgiving dinner, having had breakfast, so mm. um, sometimes you know your your body's just looking to to replenish itself, and it just like soaks all of it up so fast, and then you're full. But when your body's just like in this mode of going through the calories, it's like just you know give me more.
2: Yeah, that's some some wise words of wisdom there I, from old look, Jonathan.
1: I'm I'm a professional. I you know I, I've done this a, a few times now. You take a, a post uh thanksgiving meal nap usually or, or do you make I'm, it all the i'm way not a nap, nap
2: guy anyway yeah so i oh. i push through it and uh watch the football and that's about it it just depends
1: for me yeah. yeah i hate i hate the cowboys so you know they play every thanksgiving don't usually care about the lions why don't the lions and cowboys just kind of go back and forth just each play each year? other is that what you're saying yeah just play each other each year on thanksgiving like why are yeah. you inconveniencing these two other teams yeah
2: i you know i think it's and I feel feel bad saying this, but I genuinely feel like that is, like, the Lions' one thing they've held on to for all yeah. these years. And so I'd hate to take that away from them, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Are they always at home? Yep. Dallas and, and the Lions? Yep, all right. they both I, are. I guess that's fair. All right, Kevin, you wanted to talk about something pretty interesting, Um, just kind of a, not totally NBA, current NBA-related, but at the same time NBA-related. So why don't you go ahead and uh, – yeah, so this was the up.
2: this was the question I I posed to you, and it's this concept of obviously if you listen to the show, you know, you know, we are all big Magic fans, you know, Jonathan, myself, you know, we're our primary you know role on this podcast that channel guy, is Luke, that shows up, yeah, Luke, yeah, yeah, him uh, <laughs> is you know the Orlando Magic podcast, the six man show that we do every week, but um, branching off of that, this idea of let's say tomorrow at the Orlando Magic just are obliterated from the NBA you know there's some scandal or whatever and the team is gone ASAP it's like what would happen to your NBA fandom if that were to to take place you know do you have a team that you kind of you know kind of root for on the side you know or if the magic were to go away you would fully go all in on the team there's different ranges to this but um, I don't know if you got a chance to think about that Jonathan do you have a team that if the magic were to disappear tomorrow you'd be like I kind of root for them or how does that look
1: I feel like we're, you know, so I'm located just about 40 minutes north of Tampa. So I feel like this is a, a conversation that I've I've kind of had to entertain with some of my friends who are Rays fans. You know, with the whole thing that, you know, they might be doing this sister city thing okay. with Montreal. I'm sorry okay. that I had to bring it up. But yeah. it is something that I've thought about because of that. Like, man, I don't know what the heck I would do if, A, I lost my team. Or if, B, they're like, hey, we're just going to play in Montreal Half the year and then, you know, half the year we'll play here. I don't even know that the Rays have any idea of how that might actually work at this point. But so this is something that I have thought about quite a bit. And when you posed the question to me, I was like, hmm, man, what would I do? And in recent years, we've seen a lot more people more so become fans of players than they are of teams. And I think that's the only thing that I could do. I think I would just follow a few players like the guys that come to mind right now are like Damian Lillard and Clay Thompson. Yeah, those are probably my two favorite NBA players right now outside of the Magic. Yeah. So if that were the case, I would I would just root for whatever team those guys were playing for, and that's what I think I would just continue to do. I would just find different guys that I like, and I would I would just follow them. Yeah, especially as
2: you? a maybe as a Duke fan, you'd follow like different Duke oh, players. Yeah, instead. that's
1: really interesting. <laughs> yeah,
2: you you brought the, up the Rays I mean, so.
1: This year I I'm probably going to watch more Duke basketball than I will North Carolina because of one uh Paulo Paulo Bancaro. Yeah. And um I don't know maybe he won't even play for Duke the rest of the year depending yeah, on what I happens was about with to say. The, this uh aiding and abetting uh with the DWI, wasn't
2: it? On. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well,
1: so apparently he was like in the back seat of right, the right. car aiding and abetting and, in a
2: DWI, is what yeah, I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't know that you could get in trouble for being just being in the car with someone that was drunk. He, yeah. I, it doesn't seem like he was intoxicated from some things that I've read, but I didn't even know that was a thing. So yeah, but yeah. yeah anyways, uh, no, uh, UNC all day, Tar Heel life. Swear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: um, I was gonna say, uh, oh, what I was gonna say, you brought up if the Magic were to, you know, maybe move like the Rays are talking about doing. Magic fans out there, I, I'll just touch on this really quickly. Those of you that aren't long term Magic fans. The Magic were about this close to moving to Kansas City before the Amway Center was built, you know, back in the late 2000s. It was like a pretty scary, or I guess it was mid-2000s, pretty scary time. So Magic fans have been around for a while, kind of knew, you know, that backstory it was a little scary, but glad they uh, they stuck around and we got the Amway Center. Um, For me, it's kind of changed, you know, over the years, you know, different eras of different teams have always kind of grabbed my, um, not just my attention, but my fanhood. Like, I loved the mid, early, mid-2000s Pistons, even though they just beat the heck out of the Magic all the time. I was a, Ben Wallace is the only NBA player I've owned his jersey that wasn't a, a Magic player. It's the only one. Ben Wallace is one of my favorite players of all time. He's awesome. Uh, I loved that era. He's um, just a
1: statistical anomaly, really.
2: Insane. And it's undrafted and just for him to do what he did and just, I mean, just crazy. The only and be so bad ever. on offense. Yeah,
1: the only All-Star <laughs> ever to not Ever average double digit scoring in yeah. his entire career. It's pretty phenomenal,
2: insane, insane. So, like, I loved that era when I first started getting into basketball. It was the Bulls in the nineties. So obviously, you know, you kind of kind of love to see that. But um, you know, through the years, it's been different stuff. I love the the Mavs. You know, in the I guess it was the early twenty tens. You know, with like obviously Dirk, but um, uh, that whole like Jason Kidd when they won the title. I guess it was twenty eleven. I loved that team, um, but. What changed for me is in 2015 when I moved to Indianapolis. And I lived in Indianapolis for four years. And I just like, that's my second favorite team now. I I don't know if it's just, you know, by proximity or whatever. But like, they've got such a kind of a cool history. They're still an underdog though. They don't have any NBA championships. Um, I think they have like an ABA one maybe. But um, as far as like modern day, they don't have any championships. They're still that underdog. They're not like a you know, a a bandwagon type team, Indiana, the state loves basketball. Like they love that sport from high school, college on the all the way up. It's, it's a really fun environment. The arena is awesome there. I love the city of Indianapolis. I know it's separate from basketball, but so nowadays, yeah, I I definitely root for them uh, when they're not playing for the magic. And if the magic were to disappear tomorrow, it would definitely be the Pacers for me. I just think they're a pretty cool organization.
1: People, you know, for one reason or another, you know, always talk about the DeVos family like selling the team, like they want the DeVos family to sell the team, and that's the thing that always come, like I always come back to, is like the team almost moved once before, and right now, regardless of what you think about them, like it's like a known evil, if you you know view it that way, um, like you know what you're gonna get, and they're building a brand new practice practice facility, so obviously they have every intention of staying here and investing in the team here. If they sell the team to someone else, who knows what they're going to want to do with the team? So, that's always one thing that I, you know I always come back to. Like, yes, you know, you can argue about the way the team is run, and sure, would it be awesome for like a guy like Shaquille O'Neal to to own the Magic or like you know John Morgan? John Morgan, Morgan. yeah, Morgan so I was and Morgan say. to own the team, but John Morgan, I think, it would definitely keep the team here. But oh, yeah. you just never know. Somebody else. It's what it comes down to. It, it comes down to a bidding war. Whoever is going to pay the most is more more than likely going to be the party that buys the team. So just be careful what you wish for. You know, we could have somebody else come in and own the team, and then, like, yeah, we're going to move them to uh, Hawaii. Where they're going to be the, you know, the Hawaii coconuts or something like that. You know, like, <laughs> you just, you, you never know what's going to happen with that. So, all right, guys, by now you've heard us talk about Manscaped a million times, and you probably think that's because they pay us to do so. You're not totally wrong, uh, but recently they reached out and said, Hey, guys. We've got this new 2-in-1 shampoo conditioner. We'd love for you guys to try it. I wasn't all that excited because I've used these 2-in-1s from other brands in the past. I never had a good experience. Uh, They always leave my hair feeling flat and dead, leaves my scalp dry. Just never a good time. But this 2-in-1 from Manscaped that I have right here, um, just absolutely love it. Great experience with it so far. So first they have this ultra premium cologne fragrance that they have which if I could describe this, it, it's like you being the most handsome guy wearing an Armani suit in the middle of the woods. If you can picture what that smells like, that's what these products smell like. The two-in-one, I I've, I've really loved it. Great lather. Um, again, it smells great. It leaves my hair shiny, soft. I don't have a ton of it left, so I try to take care of what I do have, and I've just been so happy with this two-in-one shampoo conditioner. It's actually still a little bit damp, because I just used this uh, just a few minutes ago. And then the body wash. Same thing with the body wash. Great lather, great scent. Um, leaves my, my skin feeling nice and soft. It doesn't drag and have that disgusting hotel body wash feel that you get with a lot of these brands. And my wife loves it. Um, she can't keep her hands off me. We've got kid number three on the way. Thank you to Manscaped. And Kevin, uh, Kevin, our producer joining us today, uh, you've also used the Manscaped products and have pretty good
2: experience with them. Absolutely, yeah. I haven't got my hands on the two in one yet, but I, I, I'm going to definitely get that soon. But yeah, I got the uh, the 4.0 package a few months ago, and it's been awesome. Like you said, super high quality products. Everything down to the travel bag that comes with it. You know, can't complain. It's it's really good stuff. Been using it religiously ever since, and it's been super high quality, and I love it too. Kevin, do you use shampoo? Uh, I do actually. You know, you still you got you do got to wash the scalp a little bit. You know, there's not a lot going on up here. Uh, but I do use do use shampoo, and uh, yeah, I will definitely try the Manscaped 2-in-1 for sure.
1: I love it, guys. So join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with 20% off plus free shipping with the code 6TH, S-I-X-T-H, by going to manscaped.com. Again, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code 6TH at manscaped.com. Be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from Manscaped. Your balls and your head Well, thank you. All right, Kevin. Let's talk a little football. So uh, you're a big college football fan. You're Florida State Seminoles probably playing in the college football playoff this year. Um, you know they're just on fire, doing yeah. really, really well. You know, beat the we Miami did beat hurricanes.
2: Miami. So I do need to throw <laughs> that out there. If There's any Hurricanes fans? Let's go.
1: <laughs> uh, how how much longer until you guys play the Gators? I can't uh, wait for that.
2: It's, it's next Saturday. It's always a Saturday oh, after Thanksgiving. My gosh, so.
1: that's gonna be phenomenal. You and Luke in the group chat. We're gonna have to have you on, like, even if just for a few minutes. Well, like the shoot the or the six man show that we record that Sunday yeah. night. Like you and Luke, just like three minutes each, just go at each yep. other. Let's I do it. I can't wait for that. We've, we've definitely got to do that. But totally down. What 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 games are you uh, most interested uh, this week in, in terms of college football?
2: Yeah, yeah yeah uh just there's there's a there's a mixed bag this weekend. There's some really pretty good games and there's some terrible games as is usually the case these last few weeks of November you know I I should say the last Saturday before Thanksgiving as a lot of teams are getting ready for their rivalry game they schedule cupcakes you know that kind of stuff so uh, there are three games that I think are most interesting these aren't necessarily the biggest games although the first one is the biggest game the other two I think are kind of interesting the first one it's the most obvious one it's the only you know big top 10 matchup it's you know number seven Michigan State at Ohio State at noon it's the game day game it's the fox you know big noon game it's uh it's it's a huge thing huge implications for the the big 10 uh title game here in a couple weeks and obviously for the college football playoff i think michigan state is is really going to push ohio state to their limit um that'll be a very interesting one some people think ohio state's going to run away with it i'd be surprised if it's a blowout but i think michigan state can really put up a fight second one for me uh is uh this one's a little interesting, uh, SMU at number 5 Cincinnati at 3.30 on Saturday. Cincinnati, this is their their last test, you know, if this is, is even going to be a test, but their last test before we head into um, uh, they've got one more game and then they've got their conference championship game. But if this is going to be the first group of five team to get into the college football playoff, obviously they're going to have to be SMU, and SMU is going to give them give them a tough run for their money. They're 8-2. They absolutely destroyed UCF um, when they played, um, which surprised me even. I'm, I am a Florida State guy, but I'm also you know, a UCF guy as well. But um, So that that I think SMU can really give Cincinnati a hard time and might even win. I wouldn't put money on them winning, um, but I think they, they definitely have a chance. And here's the last one, all right? Jonathan, have you ever heard of something called the civil conflict? Do you know anything about that? Like, uh,
1: like Gettysburg's Address or well no Gettysburg Address?
2: Not the Civil War. This is called the Civil no, I, Conflict. I, I, know, I have not heard of it, no. Alright, so let me tell you about the Civil Conflict. Uh, this would have been 2015 maybe, 2016, maybe a little earlier, 2014. Uh, UConn and UCF were in the same conference. And UConn's coach at the time, I don't even remember who it is, he tried to make UConn and UCF into this rivalry. Like this whole, like North, you know, one of the most northernmost schools against one of the most southernmost schools in the conference. I think it was him that called it the civil conflict. He's like, we're going to have a trophy made, and whoever wins gets the trophy. And it was just totally mocked by UCF and has been ever since. Um, and it's, it just became a total joke, especially because UCF just usually, although I think they lost a couple times, usually just absolutely beat the doors off of them, especially this year because UConn is terrible. Um, but. The, the game is back after a couple year hiatus after some you know conference changes and stuff so this Saturday is the civil conflict, UConn at UCF, 4 o'clock at the bounce house, um, UCF should once again beat the brakes off of UConn and it's just become a big joke about this whole civil conflict thing, the trophy's actually gone, like it literally, UCF won it and they said it's just this is so dumb, We're not so it just disappeared which is kind of funny, it's ended up being this whole comedy thing, but that's my third game that I'm interested in is the, uh, the civil conflict of 2021. It should be fun.
1: What were your thoughts? I, th- I think it was back in like either 2005 or 2006 when the, the Chris Leak uh, Florida Gators won the national championship and then dropped the, uh, the, the crystal football and broke it. What were your thoughts on that back
2: then? Uh, I just tried to avoid those, those celebrations at all costs because um, <laughs> I just really didn't enjoy them. So um, I, I don't, don't have think any it, thoughts on that.
1: Don't you think that's disgraceful?
2: Uh, yeah, it's disgraceful, but I mean, to be honest, when you win it, you can do whatever you want. So okay, just kind of the territory. Can't wait
1: for Luke to hear this. It's going to be great.
2: Yeah. Uh huh. All
1: right. Um, I'm going to talk about the, the games of, you know, the NFL this week that I find the most interesting, Kevin, this is a really ugly week. Like right <laughs> now, Thursday night football is going on. Patriots are up 13 to zero over the Falcons, but just not like, I mean, there's some, I guess what you would call marquee matchups. Like the Ravens and the Bears, you know. Obviously, there's a lot of Bears fans. The Packers and the Vikings, you know. There are some divisional matchups, but it's like Colts, Bills, blah, Lions, Browns, blah, Washington football team, Panthers, blah. Like Washington, like get a name. What are you doing? It's been like two years. Uh, Texas, uh, the uh, Houston Texans, Titans, blah. Like just a lot of games like that this week. Uh, But looking at the 4 o'clock games uh, on Sunday, so we've got Cowboys at Chiefs. I think that's going to be, you know, pretty exciting to see if the Chiefs can actually gain some momentum here as, you know, we're um, a little bit over halfway through the season at this point, I think, or or just about halfway done. And then Cardinal Seahawks, obviously just depending on whether or not Kyler Murray is going to come back. Um, Divisional matchup, those are always, you know, fun in one way or another. Kevin Clark has always made the joke that the Seahawks have never played in like a normal football game. And every single week, he just seems to be proven right about that. Uh, but yeah, if it's Kyler versus Russell Wilson, who's, you know, back, uh, came back last week coming off of the thumb injury. If it's those guys going head to head, anytime you have Russell Wilson, you know, behind center, you're going to have a chance to win the football game. Uh, the eight o'clock game on Sunday Steelers at chargers. I like Justin Herbert a lot. I think it's, yeah, I love him. I love Austin Eckler. Uh, I like watching Keenan Allen as well, so that game's going to be fun. But, Kevin, both of our Game of the Week, you are a Bucks fan. I am a Giants fan, and they play Monday night. So this is going to be the first out of the last three Bucks games um, in Tampa that I won't be able to attend. Um, I was at the last two um, what was Odell's last year. In New York I was there I saw him dislocate his finger Um, and then I was in the building uh, two seasons ago for uh, Daniel Jones's uh, season debut where you know he runs in the the touchdown on fourth down late in the game and then good old Matt Gay missed the game-winning field goal and uh, the Giants won I have the uh, a helmet signed by Daniel Jones uh, with inscribed is that game's date and his stats from that game. So uh, just being there was very special, hoping that guy is our franchise quarterback. But Monday Night Football, how are you feeling? Because I, I asked you a question last week. Are the Bucks good? And the reason that I asked is because if you look at their schedule, outside of that first game against the Cowboys, which they barely won, okay, they have not really had a impressive win. And now I believe they've lost their last two in a row. Is that
2: correct? uh, uh- yeah, okay. First I'm not off, saying
1: they're not talented. I'm not saying they're not going to be good, but are they good right now? Is my I question. Wanna, I,
2: I have to say, you said they haven't had an impressive win. That's just not true. Just because they haven't beaten maybe an impressive opponent, they have beat the doors off of most of the teams that they need to beat the doors off they of. They
1: haven't beaten a good team. I'll say that. Since well, they beat that's the not Cowboys. True.
2: Okay, yes, thank you. They beat the Cowboys, which has obviously been a good team but we beat the breaks off of the teams we should beat the breaks off of for the most part until we lose to them like Washington you know losing to them that was that was the only bad loss if you ask me the saints was a bad loss i see i don't know the saints are a good team their quarterback situation obviously in the air but the saints outside of that are a good football team and the saints was-
1: outside of their quarterback is a good team. Do you hear yourself? No, that I didn't say by No, far. I said their,
2: their quarterback situation is up in the air. What do you
1: mean? Their starting quarterback tore his ACL. Their Their quarterbacks are Taysom, Hill, and Trevor Simeon. I wouldn't yeah. call that up in the air. I would call that
2: bad. Okay, that's fair. But the rest <laughs> of their team is very good. And we did have a chance to make that a game in the end, and we blew it. The, the Washington game was bad. Like, they outplay us in a lot of different areas that they shouldn't have that was only bad loss the Rams loss is not a bad loss I picked that loss two months before the season even started you know it's at LA LA is probably the best team at least I shouldn't back up they're not the best team right now I think they will be the best team in the playoffs they're my team to be I mean they're just so stacked right now um so to answer your question I'm not worried about Like the season, this is such a, this is a team that just needs to get in the playoffs. I've told you.
1: I don't don't care if you're worried about the season. Are you worried about Monday night? Let me um, preface with this. The Giants are garbage. I'm not, don't get this twisted. Like I think the Giants are good.
2: Right. I I really really don't. I get it. You know, and you know, you could say maybe we're concerned because the trajectory over lost two in a row and blah, blah, blah. You know, you could say that. But um, am I worried about Monday night from a football sense? No, like I'm not, the bucks should take care of business. We haven't lost at home yet. Um, I, I'm not worried about it. Am I worried about it for me as a human being? If the bucks lose on Monday night, I'm terrified, absolutely terrified because (laughs) I know I'm not going to hear the end of it from this guy. All right. So I need to win on Monday. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm a little scared of that, but I think it'll be okay. Like I said, we've played really well at home. Um, we also, uh, Gronk is probably going to play, uh, JPP looks like he's going to play some of the other guys. I, I don't think any other guys are going to come back from injury, but it'd be good to have Gronk back. So, um, yeah, I, I'm a little scared, but only because of, you know, what it might mean for me. I'm not too scared on the football side of things.
1: Yeah. I'm not scared just because the Giants have nothing to lose. The only thing that I get worried about on national television is whether or not Daniel Jones is going to play well. Um, If he plays well and everybody else loses, I'm just going to get a lot of texts like, oh, you know, you guys lost, but Daniel Jones, he looked really good. He looked really solid, blah, 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 blah. If the Giants lose and Daniel Jones looks terrible, that's all I'm going to hear about is how bad Daniel Jones looks, how he's trash, like all these other things. If the Giants by some miracle win this game then I get to hold that over the heads of my friends, people like you, and obviously everybody that, you know, around the area that I live in that are Bucks fans. So I'll like, no matter what they say, like, Oh yeah, we have a super bowl. Well, we beat you on Monday night football and I'll have that, (laughs) you know, at least for a while. So I'm not overly concerned about it. The only, I just get nervous every single week, just whether or not Daniel Jones is going to play well. And like our prospects of him being the franchise quarterback doesn't really, you know, speak all that well on that. Um, Something that you know has become more and more apparent, especially this year, is if Andrew Thomas plays and um, like you know starts and is not injured, Daniel Jones plays well. If Andrew Thomas, our starting left tackle, does not play, Daniel Jones doesn't play well. So I think there's a lot of different reasons to that. I think he just feels more comfortable with Andrew Thomas there. He's not kind of like looking over his shoulder and you know just rushing. You know he knows he's going to have that time. But the weird thing is, is it doesn't really affect like his time to throw. So he has the same amount of time, like relatively speaking in the pocket, but just this weird thing in games that Andrew Thomas plays this year, Daniel Jones plays really well. And when he doesn't, he doesn't play well. So hopefully Saquon is back. I really need that from a fantasy football aspect. Um, I think Kenny Galladay is going to be back this week. We've missed both of those guys the last few weeks. I think Kadarius Tony's also going to be ready to go. So, those guys will give us a chance. The defense has been playing really well as of late. I'm really loving our secondary, James Bradbury, Adoree Jackson, and uh, the one thing I'm afraid of is Tom Brady. Two wins, uh, two losses in a row. Um, he hates losing more than I love my kids, probably. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Monday Night Football prime time, like he's gonna want to ball out. I'm afraid of Tom Brady, yep, but that's, that's I will. Fair. I will continue to say this. At some point, like. Max Kellerman said this like five years ago now and like has looked ridiculous since then. Yeah. But there is going to come a day where the other shoe drops and Tom Brady is just going to be too old to play football anymore. That might be 70 years from now. But someday it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Father time up to this point is undefeated. That's Tom true. Brady might be the one guy that can take him down. He seems like the only guy that has a chance right now. But it is undefeated. He does come for everyone at some point. And you're hoping Father so Time happens. gets
2: the W starting Monday. That's what it sounds like.
1: You know what? That's not accurate. I like the Bucks when the Giants aren't in contention. I root for the Bucks because I live here and I have a lot of friends that are Bucks fans. Sure. But it's it's Giants versus the world. You know when when it's worse versus the Bucks. Like right. if they're not playing against the Bucks, I will root for the Bucks. But I don't care. My mom could be playing the Giants. And I root for the Giants. Like it, yep. it's. That's that's the way that it is. So Love it. That's the way to do it. If if I if my son that, you know, we're we're due to have in March, if he grows up and makes it to the NBA, his team is playing the Magic in the NBA finals and the Magic haven't won a finals, sorry kid, you'll get back there someday. Yep. I need, Would you I do need the split a magic jersey. Would you do the you know the, Absolutely the not.
2: Timberwolves magic jersey? Okay.
1: I'll I'll buy a magic jersey, I'll put his number and name on it. That's as far <laughs> oh my as I'll gosh. go. gosh. As far that's as awesome. I'll go. So all right, Kevin. Uh, oh, last thing we want to talk about. So you have swayed me pretty heavily lately to play Fortnite. So we've been playing Warzone quite a bit. We've got you in a, in, into into Warzone. And you have like a billion games played in Fortnite. And yeah. I tried it like back in the day, a few years back, just really never could get into it. I love Warzone. But then, man, you, you started tugging on my heartstrings when you told me that Fortnite has brought Naruto skins to the game. At first I was like, ah, no, I'm, I'm not going to do it, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of ridiculous. Then you sent me the summoning jutsu emoji, and I was like, oh, man, you're, you're really starting to sway me. You show me a few other things. You actually sent videos of all these different items in the game. So <laughs> last night I downloaded Fortnite. Um, maybe, I don't know. Maybe we'll have time to play tonight. You're going to be putting this episode together after, so maybe yeah. not. But uh, yeah, man, we're, I'm going to, I'm going to try Fortnite for you.
2: Yes. Let's Everything go. Everything so, you've
1: done for me in the the podcast, the least I can do is, is give Fortnite another
2: old college try. Yeah. So I've, I've turned into an unashamed Fortnite guy, you know, Fortnite has a bit of a stigma with it. You know, um, I, I've been playing it now for al- since almost day one, it's been over three years now. And I took a long break. Like I stopped in February. I just, I just stopped playing X and other things and. But the last couple weeks I've been playing it again, and now that I've got old Jonathan here, maybe we'll maybe we'll stream some duos on Twitch, maybe, you know? Not just yeah, kidding. But, maybe. but Warzone we get a win because have, we haven't have, gotten
1: a win in Warzone.
2: That's true. We do need to get a win in Warzone. I haven't got one of those yet. But Warzone is actually a lot more fun than I originally thought it was. But it helps when you play with guys that halfway know what they're doing, like like you and Luke, so I'll I'll show you the ropes in Fortnite, and we'll get a a Vic Roy as they call it, a victory Royale in victory no time. Royale, baby, absolutely.
1: I've never gotten one of those. I when I, whenever I played Fortnite, I tried the uh, old like hide until like the very end of the storm. And, yeah, but then like kids just start building, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just completely dead. So I, I,
2: it is easier to get a, a victory Royale in Fortnite than it is to get a whatever the victory is called in Warzone. It's called a victory. Uh, uh, well, that's lame. Sure, yeah, Warzone victory. victory. There you go. Warzone victory. I think it's easier in Fortnite, but uh, only time will tell on that. Yeah, for sure.
1: Kev, I think that's it for us this week. What do you think?
2: Yeah, uh, I think so. I'd be remiss if I uh, couldn't get off this uh, conversation without just saying um, Magic beat the Knicks again last night. was a lot of fun. I know you'll talk about that on Sunday, but since I I won't be around, I just got to say it. Let's go. Bing bong. Uh, Magic Square Garden, whatever you want to call it. Let's go.
1: (laughs) Magic Square Garden. That's phenomenal. A really quick shout out to our patrons. Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan, Lynn, Ellis, Jonathan Borges, Norm L, Magic Player History, Julio, and Joseph Chubb. We just had our first Zoom Q&A with our Hall of Fame tier patrons. So if you guys awesome. are interested in being in the next one, uh, be sure to find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. But for Kevin Tucker, this is Jonathan Osborne. That's going to do it for this week's episode of shoot the shot. We will catch you guys next time. See ya.